You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 155. So how do high-achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business, and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, how are you doing today? It is super hot where I am right now. It is just so hot in Sacramento. It is, yeah, it's a little unbearable and my AC has not been cooperating. So I'm going to get through this podcast without the air conditioning and I'm going to be fine, but it is super hot. So I hope wherever you are, you're comfortable. You have air conditioning or snow or something because boy, I really like some snow right now. Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about the willpower problem today. You didn't realize it was a problem, did you? But before we get started, I want to invite you to watch my latest training. It's called Calendar Management 101 for Lawyers. I walk you through the five most common thought errors when it comes to managing a calendar and my seven-step process for getting more done with less stress. You can access it instantly at dinacataldo.com forward slash calendar. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash calendar. I got some great feedback from lawyers who who've struggled with time management and feeling like they don't have enough time in the day. So I highly suggest you check it out. It will make an instant impact in how you approach your day, how you approach your week, and how efficient you become. But not just that, you're going to feel so much better when you implement what I talk about in this masterclass. So go to dinacataldo.com forward slash calendar and watch it. It is going to be one of the best things that you do for yourself today. All right, so let's talk about willpower and the willpower problem. So I'm going to get a little word nerd on you. It comes from majoring in English lit and history. Words have meanings that we internalize and apply to the world around us. There are a couple definitions of willpower I want to talk about because the way we think about willpower is key to understanding willpower and the solutions that I'm going to talk to you about today. So Merriam-Webster defines willpower as the ability to control one's own actions, emotions, or urges. Even thinking about having willpower in this context is enough to bring up anxiety. Willpower in this context implies that we're supposed to have control of what we feel and when we feel it. I feel tight, I feel a little stressed out, and I feel some tension in my shoulders right now. This definition implies that if we don't have willpower... We're not good enough. We're not doing it right. It has a lot of not enoughness, lack, scarcity, all of that built into it, as if there are emotions or urges that are bad. Of course, whenever we feel like we are bad, that is shame. The synonym for this definition of willpower might be something like resistance. Our failure to resist an urge or emotion we have can bring up shame because we believe that we are bad for not having the willpower to overcome it. I believe that most people work from this definition and have these feelings associated with the word willpower. Then I came across another definition of willpower that I actually liked. It came from etymologygeek.com. 
and they define it as the unwavering strength of will to carry out one's wishes. To me, that definition is in alignment with the conversations we've had on the podcast about vision setting, goal setting, time management, and focus. We're focusing our mental energy in a way that will carry out our wishes. And when hearing this definition, willpower is really a synonym for committed, open even. So how we define willpower is important because our feelings will fuel the actions we take or fuel the inactions that we take. Thus procrastination and all of that. We're going to talk a little bit about procrastination here and how willpower is not helping us with the procrastination. Each of us experience words differently. So if willpower feels like commitment and feels really open and light to you and where it feels powerful to you, that may be a good thing. But if willpower brings up stress and anxiety like it does for a lot of people, this conversation about willpower is really important for you. It could change everything. If we're stuck in a cycle of resistance and shame, we can't get to a place of feeling committed to carry out our wishes. I'm working from the former definition of willpower in this podcast because I think that's the one most of us are familiar with and are working from in our lives when we think about willpower. So how does willpower show up practically in your life and in your legal practice? Let's talk about an easy example, like one with your partner. So here's the facts. I'm going to talk about what you might be thinking during this scenario, what feelings come up and what actions come up and the result that you get when you are working from willpower. So for example, your partner leaves laundry on the floor. You have the thought that they don't respect you or maybe something like they're not doing what they should be doing. They're not holding up their end of the bargain, something like that. You feel anger, maybe resentment. But you don't want to say anything because you're afraid that they'll think you're petty or you tell yourself that it shouldn't be that big of a deal. You tell yourself to suck it up. You use willpower to push the resentment aside and you pick up the clothes yourself, all the while telling yourself you're being the bigger person. Or my favorite thing is complain about it the whole time as you're picking up the clothes. That goes over well. Then a month goes by and you get in a totally unrelated discussion that brings up other resentments you've been holding on to because where there's one unexamined resentment, there are others, trust me. And you bring up your partner leaving clothes on the floor out of left field. After the argument, you feel guilty. Maybe you even feel compelled to apologize. You tell yourself that you don't have any willpower, and of course, you have made that a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, you can substitute other facts here. You can substitute a client calling you after hours with work, and you can go through some of the same motions in that example that bring up anger and resentment. It's all the same thing here. I'm just using this as a simple example. Now let's talk about how it might show up in your law practice in a different way though. You tell yourself you're turning over a new leaf and you're going to work out four times a week. You even place your appointments with yourself on the calendar so you don't forget when you're at the office. You're working on a project one day and you remember that you'd plan to go work out, but you have this thought that, you know what, I just don't want to. And that feels like a good decision. You'd much rather finish the project you're working on, even though technically you have enough time to finish the project later. So you stay late at the office instead of working out like you'd planned. You tell yourself that you'll do it tomorrow, but you don't. Then you tell yourself that you just don't have enough willpower. 
So some symptoms of working from willpower instead of commitment are you're exhausted all the time. You feel guilty, pressure, disappointed in yourself, shame, resistant. You say things to yourself like, I don't want to. Blaming, saying things like, they should have picked up the laundry. My client shouldn't have called me so late. (laughs) You might think that having more willpower is the solution to feeling one or all of these emotions. It's not. I want to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you for not being able to will yourself into not being upset about the laundry on the floor or for not being able to will yourself to get to the gym. The word willpower, the way most of us use it, is an unfortunate problem because it doesn't take into account how our brains work. Willpower was definitely how I was raised, and it created a lot of resistance and shame when I didn't achieve what I aimed for. If I got a bad result, I wasn't supposed to look at my emotions. I was supposed to ignore them and move on, suck it up, cheer up, forget it, get over it. I'm not saying that we don't move forward in our lives. Clearly, that's not what this whole podcast is about if you've been listening for any length of time. But what's ignored in most discussions about willpower is the acknowledgement of our emotions. Let me say that again. What is ignored in discussions about willpower is the acknowledgement of our emotions to actually feel those emotions. What's been ignored for centuries in multiple different cultures and professions is our human nature. Our brain creates emotion for a reason. It's literally a vibration that runs through our body in response to our brain having a thought. And if you are concerned about mindset and you know mindset is going to change everything for you, then paying attention to your emotions is critical. If we ignore our emotions, we're ignoring a key tool that's been given to us to achieve our goal. It is a gift. It's not our fault that we ignore our emotions because Everyone tells us that our emotions are superfluous, that they don't help us, that they're wrong, they're bad. We should ignore them. We should move on. Depending on how you were raised, you may have been told things like I was when I was crying, something like stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Emotions were a sign of weakness. And as a lawyer, weakness means you're not a good lawyer. We've been taught by society that, of course, we would shove our emotions aside and ignore them. We have to do it. It's best for the client. It's best for the work that we're doing. Nobody wants to see your emotions. And that's why there are so many lawyers suffering in overwhelm, stress, anxiety, and depression. And instead of learning how to connect with themselves and use their emotions as positive fuel for their actions, they have been suppressing their human nature. When clients come to me and they aren't in touch with their emotions, that tells me that they've been working from willpower. We work through where the feelings show up in the body and they begin to understand the triggers that they have, the mental triggers that they have, that create all the mental habits bringing these same painful feelings up over and over again. Like, why are you repeating the same things over and over again? It's because you just haven't learned how to manage the emotions, like really understand and connect and feel the emotions instead of pushing them away. So when a client calls someone late at night, like calls you late at night, instead of sitting in resentment, You see the resentment and you learn to release it because you're accepting of it. You see it. 
You see it for what it is. It's not anything that's gone wrong. You just had a feeling. When they have a workout planned, right? They learn the skill of harnessing commitment instead of the willpower. And if they decide to skip the workout, they don't sit in guilt afterwards, wasting time and energy. What do these two examples have in common? What they have in common is that when you see these, you learn where your gaps are. You learn where you have not created boundaries, where you have not taken full responsibility in your life for the results that you're getting. Not in a blamey kind of way where we're, you know, berating ourselves for not getting the result that we want. No, that never works. In fact, that's just another version of willpower, right? Like if I beat myself into submission, of course I'm going to get the result I want. Doesn't work that way. Telling ourselves to suck it up and move on doesn't work that way. We actually have to acknowledge it and connect with ourselves, okay? The people who are doing this work they're not afraid of their human side. They learn to use it. They, use, they learn to harness it to work towards the vision that they have for themselves. And I've done a couple podcasts on processing emotions, so I'm going to link to those in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 155. But I want to give you a few questions right now that you can ask yourself to begin exploring what these thoughts, what these emotions are that are really, if you're using willpower, they are guiding your life. You're not guiding your life mentally. You're just allowing the emotions to be the fuel that they are without really intentionally harnessing them. So question number one, what feelings do you ignore or push aside? Are they overwhelm, anxiety, anger, frustration? What kinds of feelings do you have? Name them. Ask yourself how they feel in your body. Like really name it. Is it in your chest? Is it in your jaw? That space between your eyebrows? Um, I'll feel the shortness of breath. When anytime I'm feeling any kind of overwhelm, I'll feel it there. If I'm feeling shame, it's going to be somewhere in my stomach area. Just we have these go-to areas of our body where these emotions show up and you can use your body as a compass. Right? We've talked about this on the podcast before. You can recognize what you are thinking and feeling by understanding what's happening in your body. That's often the first place you're going to feel it is in your body before you name the feeling like anxiety. You're going to feel it in your body. When do you notice yourself pushing those feelings aside the most? Is it before a hearing? Is it when you're talking to a family member? Is it when you are thinking about your goals? Like when is it really showing up? Maybe you're working on your finances. Just understand when you are going to feel these feelings. And then why, if you're pushing them aside, are you telling yourself that pushing them aside is necessary? What's the reasoning your brain is giving you? And I'm going to guarantee that it's always a lie. What stories do you have about feeling your emotions from childhood, from your work environments? Like where do you pick up your stories about your emotions? Just like the one where I was told as a kid, like stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about, (laughs) you know, those kinds of things. Like where have you seen these show up? Because you might still be seeing them show up and just not recognize them. But if you can start picking up in your history where they have predominated, predominated, is that even a word? Where they have come up in your life, then you can start seeing them where they are right now. 
Understanding our emotions instead of denying them is what creates more ease in our life. Yes, understanding our emotions creates more ease. And I think every single one of you listening to this wants to feel more peace, more ease in your life. We were meant to have the full spectrum of emotions, but we weren't meant to suffer in any one of them. We create the suffering by pushing them aside and thinking that they disappear and that they don't matter. The painful emotions you feel that keep coming up over and over again will keep bubbling up like when you try to push a beach ball underwater. No matter how hard you push it, it just keeps popping back up. It keeps popping problems up. The problem with this is that ultimately we never move forward if we're dealing with the same problems over and over again and never move past them. Once you learn how to process an emotion, any time it pops up, you see it. You recognize it for what it is, part of your humanness, and release it instead of allowing it to control your actions. I want to give you one more example before we go here. On Instagram, I posted something about procrastination and managing emotions this week, and I'm going to link to the post in the show notes. I talk about the difference I experience now when I am choosing to watch Netflix and truly enjoy it versus watching Netflix to avoid negative emotion. When I used to watch TV programs, I felt horrible. I had this nagging in my head that I was supposed to be doing something else, and I felt guilty. I couldn't willpower myself off the couch, though. And I would do other things while watching TV, like some menial task to feel like I was being more productive. But in truth, I felt like a failure because I wasn't doing what I'd planned on doing during that time. When I learned how to see the urge to watch TV, to procrastinate for what it was, just a human reaction to an emotion I was feeling at the time, I realized I had more control than I thought. Changing myself took practicing thought work and recognizing the emotions I was generating from my thoughts, and it took me not wanting to suffer anymore, to want to move on, to get past this block that I felt. If this is clicking with you, what you're hearing right now on this podcast, you've got to schedule a strategy session with me. When you work with a coach, everything in your life changes. I see it in myself. I see it in my clients. My clients come to me for their law practice, and then they start realizing that the work that they're doing on themselves doesn't just grow and improve their ability to practice the law, but it impacts every area of their lives, including the relationships they have with themselves. And I I love seeing people like like me who really just came to thought work because I thought, oh, this is how I'm supposed to run my business, so I should learn this stuff, but really start to get focused on the thought work that generates the fuel that they need to move forward with ease, to have the commitment, to have the capacity to have more, to create more in their business. It's like when they really start to click with that, that's the magic for me. I love seeing that. And that's the work that I've been doing on myself and the work that I do with my clients. You can book a call with me at the link at uh, dinacataldo.com forward slash 155. I'm going to link to that there. And booking this call could really change everything for you. It did for me when I first hired my first coach. And this is something that I, I mean, I can't say it enough. Like I talk about it in everything. This whole podcast has really been about changing everything, changing the way you work in your calendar, changing the way you start thinking and feeling and processing and moving forward. And if you want to move forward, this is the place. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.